it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow. Hello. At CD Media, we are literally the tip of the spear. From Ukraine to the vaccine to Brazil, We've been at the tip of the spear on all these stories early. So if you want to know what's going on in the world early, before the rest of the news catches up, watch CD Media. But you know what? We have to make money. So we do have ads on the sites. But I know people don't like pop-up ads. They don't like ads. It's a problem. I mean, you get them on your phone, et cetera. If you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription, which is a few bucks a month. You get access to all of our sites, not just CD Media, but the Manhattan, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, Armed Forces Press, Tsarism overseas in Eastern Europe, and CDM Espanol if you speak Spanish. So all of these sites are available with no ads. So sign up for our no ad subscription. You can find it on the websites. There's a pop-up and also in the top menu. And, and pay us a few bucks a month. Support free media. Support your children's future. Support the fight against the corrupt media narrative. Thank you very much. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. The military vaccine mandate situation is changing daily, literally. And uh, we at CD Media have been at the tip of the spear, and uh, as well as on the other vaccine issues in the civilian world. But we, we have a special show for you today because we have two guys who are going to tell us exactly what's going on. I know there's a lot of disinformation or misinformation or whatever you want to say. I've got Dale Saran. Is that how you say your last name, Dale? Sure, um, close enough. Okay, he's an attorney with extensive experience, uh, also a former Cobra driver, Marine, and I've got John Bose, who's an F-16 pilot, and has some uh, exciting news to uh, talk about today. So, John, why don't you start? Tell us what's been going on with you. Last time we interviewed you, you were uh, getting kicked out. So where are you now? Well, thanks for having me back on again, Todd, and... uh... As a uh, quick disclaimer, of course, these thoughts and opinions I'm expressing are my own, and I don't represent the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. I'm just purely speaking as a guy who's been in the fight uh, for some time mm -hmm. now, and uh, some time has certainly been an understatement. About a year and a half ago, uh, I was in the F-16 formal training course to be a Viper driver, mm -hmm. we call ourselves, ground because I requested a religious accommodation for the COVID vaccine. Uh, and as a result of the last year and a half, we've basically been fighting as hard as we can and advocating for service members uh, and their the rights to simply say no to this vaccine. Because, of course, beyond the medical concerns, there's freedom concerns from religious freedom perspective and a medical freedom perspective. And so now that we've somewhat found a, a direction towards a conclusion, I th think a lot of people don't provide a landscape of, of where we're at, where we need to go, uh, what we've won, what we haven't won yet. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing that. And you're being put back on flight status, I hear. Is that correct? That's correct. Finally, uh, a year and a half later, I'm going to be back to flying uh, starting in May. So that's an absolute blessing. Um, and there's certainly service members who still need help. But thankfully, I've been taken care of. That's fantastic. So, uh, Dale, um, tell us about your background. And I have a few questions for you on this whole uh, situation we're facing. Sure. So I was a Cobra pilot in the 
mid nineties and then uh, got picked up for the funded law program, went to law school and, and came back to the fleet Marine force as a judge advocate. And then uh, some of my first clients were the uh, folks refusing the anthrax vaccine. And so I litigated those in courts martial. And then later I did some work on the, uh, the Dovey Rumsfeld federal litigation over the anthrax vaccine mandate. And then, um, uh, Represented service members trying to get their records corrected after the fact. You know, once we had the Doe ruling, I, um, you know, it was time to get some some people fixed, which is really where we are now. We're kind of in the same boat. So here we are again, right back at it. And we've mm-hmm. had rescission of the mandate by Congress and uh, and people, you know, great news. John's going to get to go back to flight school. And so the real question is now what next? Uh, you know, what what do we do for everyone else that was subjected to um you know who, who who didn't last as long maybe or couldn't you know for other reasons couldn't mm-hmm. so uh that's really what we're in phase two of this whole thing really in fact I'm, I'm working on a lawsuit now with some other lawyers to try and to do exactly that start to put people back in the you know in the places they should have been so we'll, we'll see how that goes it's interesting though I read a story uh yesterday actually mm-hmm. uh, I forget the specifics but I believe she was a, a Marine Corps enlisted refused the vaccine and they dropped, they had filed charges against her, but then dropped all the charges and refiled different charges. I mean, are you seeing this kind of abusive, uh, you know, persecutory behavior in the DOD? Well, a lot of it depends on, I'll tell you what it's turned on. It seems to me, am I seeing it? Yes. You know, have I seen some Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff? Sure. uh, As always. Uh, Same as last time. Um, But the, the thing that will be interesting now is what do you do with all those people who, you know, had, were taking, uh, taking part in the process, the religious accommodation process, like John, you know, what do you do with all those people now that this, uh, this is all over? Do we all just pretend none of that happened mm-hmm. <laughs> that their, that their rights didn't get violated? I can tell you that, um, the government's already started arguing in court. So there's a, uh, just happened a few days ago. There's a case, um, out of the Northern district of Texas, Shelsky, S-C-H-E-L-S-K-E. That's the army case that, uh, they're trying to certify as a class action there. And the uh, government's already filed there. This is all moot now because rescission happened motion. So we know that's coming. You know, the government's already be the rest of the way. We can all just go home and forget about all this and be friends again. So um, we've seen, I read those arguments uh, just yesterday. So we're, and and we're sure that motion's coming. That's, you know, coming in the other cases that I'm involved in right now in the federal courts. So the government's argument is going to be, Nothing to see here. Whitewash the whole thing. And uh, we can all just go home and be friends. But without really offering, in in my view, the full kind of relief. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, it's great to hear that John's going to get a chance to go back to flying. I'm genuinely um, glad. You know, but now the question is, okay, who else? You know, you can't have a two-tiered military, you know, obviously. So um, we'll we'll have to see if... uh, the DOD is going to do the right thing or if we have to get a, a, a federal judge to order it, you know, right. which I'm afraid it's going to be the latter, if I'm being honest. Hmm. John, if I remember right, you, you, you were an Academy grad, both your parents, I believe were pilots. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. And your lifelong dream was to be a fighter pilot. So uh, how does this whole saga impact your, your way of life, your career, your dreams, everything? No, yes, sir. That's correct. You know, I grew up uh, with, parents uh, who were flying actively. My father was mm-hmm. a fighter pilot at the time I was growing mm-hmm. up. So, 
So, of course, that's the inspiration I was on almost a year ago now. Uh, you know, this was my dream and this is my passion and that's why I fought for it. And so, yeah, absolutely a blessing that I get another chance at reliving that. But there are still so many service members who haven't been rectified and, and a lot of service members who are, might not in current environment get rectified, especially those that were discharged because they're not being offered back pay right now. And what's more is, you know, after this year and a half, the Department of Defense kind of made it clear to people like health that, you know, your religious beliefs aren't welcome. At least that's the perspective I got from it. And I'm not here to disparage my chain of command or anybody, but that's that's the message that was mm -hmm. sent to me at the very least, whether or not it was intentional. And yeah. uh, so many service members feel the exact same way. And that's a cultural issue. And that's a, that's an issue that, that that's going to continue to cause problems unless it's actually addressed at the root cause, which is cultural. And uh, when you look at the environment right now with the military in terms of retention and recruiting, we are a it's a yeah. it's, it's uh, manpower data. We've lost, you know, upwards of 10,000, more than 10,000 people in April of 2022, which is the most we've lost in a single month in over 10 years. Uh, and if you look at like the 10 year average of losses per month versus the losses we've had since the mandate came down. Uh, some months are 700% higher than the 10-year average. So people are running for the door, and we can't really recruit. The Army was 15,000 short in fiscal year 2022. Uh, it's the worst recruiting environment we've had since the all-volunteer force began after the Vietnam War. And the military wasn't a very popular organization back then. Uh, and so I think that's the case now, too, is the military is not very popular. Culturally, people are seeing this, uh, and they're thinking to themselves, well, why? I mean, I got back to work. I'm flying again, but why wouldn't I leave after this is all over? Because nothing's really changed. I'm just going to serve my time uh, and get out. Mm -hmm. What and What about that's this? That's like is starting to ask for those people back, but they're not giving them back pay. What about the health aspects? And, you know, you're seeing the FAA broaden the uh, range for EKGs for the pilots. Is there a discussion going on, John, in the DOD about that issue? I mean, are guys worried? Um, I know some army folks that I know are, are very concerned that they're going to drop dead in ranger school or whatever. What, what are you hearing about that inside the force? If they're not saying it publicly, they might be doing it behind closed doors. I don't know. No one's really made any conscious effort that I've seen to start looking at the health concerns. But you're exactly right. The health concerns are very serious. I'm working with a young private first class in the Army National Guard, Carolina, who at 23 years old after getting the vaccine has had two heart attacks and a mini stroke, mm. along with development of asthma, uh, all kinds of allergies. She was a perfectly healthy girl before all of this. And now suddenly uh, this girl, her, she's, her life is ruined. She's going to get medically discharged from the military. Uh, and right now her command is not even paying for her medical bills. Uh, uh, we'd so love to help highlight that uh, situation. That. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I can certainly pass. She has a Gibson Go. It's gibsongo.com slash Carolina, which is K-A-R-O-L-I-N-A. -A. We've been trying to help her financially with all of this. And uh, and so you look at that, you say it's completely, completely abnormal for a 23-year-old to have two heart attacks. Uh, and I'm right. sure pretty much everyone that has uh, any sort of pulse online is seeing the died suddenly and everything else like that. These are serious health concerns, especially in the flying community. The last thing in the world I would want to do is be on a training mission and watch someone go non-responsive in, in a $50 million mm -hmm. weapon of war and plow it into the ground. Mm -hmm. That would be yeah. a tragedy. And we can still prevent it right now if we yeah. start doing medical screenings, especially for cardiac issues. If we don't do that, I think we're going to have some real serious problems down the road. And so I think that's of many that I have for this fight. Dale, 
talk to us about that. Is there any effort that you see for any kind of medical screening? Um, you know, it's kind of informal. I hear guys talking about it. Do this, do that. I mean, what, what do you think? I, I think, uh, you know, you're seeing, I thought I just saw something come down from the FAA, um, you know, in the civilian pilot community, in the, in the airline pilot industry, there's certainly some discussion about it, but, uh, and I know different groups of people working in those, you know, uh, in those areas, trying to bring the issue to light, because obviously it's a, it's a serious one. Um, yeah, I don't, the problem is this, we're still in an environment where we don't have any, no one's admitted that they've done something wrong. We've still got, I mean, they're still pushing these, the bivalent and are they going to add it to the flu vaccine? I mean, we haven't, we still haven't even gotten to ground zero in terms of just stopping the bleeding, you know? So mm -hmm. I, it, no one's in any rush to do the right thing yet, because that would, we'd have to get to a point where people admitted that this was the wrong thing to do. And that's just, no one uh, is going to step forward, unfortunately, and, and do that and do the right thing. I mean, it just, that's the environment we're in. So no, I'm not yeah. hopeful that that time has come yet. I'm, I'm hopeful that it will eventually. And a lot of the work that people are doing right now, maybe that isn't showing fruits, will eventually, uh, you know, come to fruition, but it, it's going to take, uh, we got to get through the admission of fault part, the acknowledgement that this was a bad idea. We still got people cooking the books on death numbers and, you know, we, we really haven't gotten to the other side of this yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. Unfortunately. Do you, do you feel, uh, Dale, that, uh, you know, was talking to Lou on the last interview we did, um, and Lou Michaels, and he was, he felt that this was really just an issue of empire building the whole vaccine, you know, and, and really, I can't say I was wrong kind of thing. Do you, I, my heart tells me that th this was a little more nefarious, but what are your, what, what's your thought about the agenda behind this whole thing? <laughs> it's, that would, it would be speculative, but let me, let me say this, that Lou and um, others, you know, we saw the documents way back when in the nineties, uh, there was the joint biologics project and there were vaccine manufacturers lining up, you know, this really goes back to the Gulf war. And since the Gulf war, there's been a sort of nonstop drumbeat of uh, pharmacological interventions um, and everything's gone this, this way of, uh, you know, biological warfare, chem war warfare. And unfortunately, it's a paradigm in which the, the Department of Defense sees your body, your immune system as the battlefield, and they intend to control that battle space. And simultaneous with that, you've got, you know, um, once the DOD announced all these different, the, the joint vaccine acquisition program, I mean, that was a, re that, that's a real thing. They, they've been doing this, that's been around, you know, that was in the mid 90s. And I was, on active duty, they were working on that. And when we were litigating anthrax, we got privy to all those documents. And um, so I'm, you know, what Lou's suggesting here isn't fanciful or conspiracy theory. It's, you know, these are programs the government has on the books. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the invitation was there. It, it was obvious that all it would take was a single incident to, to apply the thinking that they had applied to anthrax for military folks to the broader public for other remedies. Um, I'll say, yeah, you don't need to get, I mean, you don't need to have a, a, a vivid imagination if you follow things such as that Moderna had a, has a 19 character reverse transcription. That's a one in a three trillion odds of being random in the blast algorithm. And I don't, I don't know if you know what that stuff is, but you know, there's a, yeah. an old Moderna vaccine patent from 2015 or 16 
And uh, when somebody, uh, some enterprising researchers took the COVID-19 genome sequence and they ran it in the BLAST algorithm. And the BLAST algorithm is a, a, a computer system, joint government, NIH and um, industry to track vaccine patents and things like that, you know, because now they're manipulating genetic code. And uh, that BLAST algorithm compares, this is how you protect patents. So they, it does all this sort of algorithmic comparisons using AI and uh, it's looking at strands of DNA and the Moderna vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, uh, you know, from, uh, excuse me, the Moderna uh, cancer vaccine, an abandoned patent from 2015 has a 19, a reverse transcription of 19 characters that matches up perfectly to the COVID-19 virus. And the BLAST algorithm says that's a one in three trillion chance of being, you know, a coinky dink. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know why we don't just acknowledge what that really means. You know, all of this stuff was funded by BARDA. I mean, the, the same thing ultimately came out of the anthrax letter attacks. Turned out yeah. to be aimed yeah. strain anthrax. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this play before, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but people John, have, uh, I mean, the government's we'll go taken over. You've got a disinformation board. You've got control of Twitter. I mean, you know, we're, we're in strange times. You know, we're in strange times. John, I, I have several small, or not small, young f family members in the military, and, and, and they're telling me, you know, should we get out or whatever? And my thought is, we're going to need people in the military that we can trust to rebuild this whole thing. I mean, do, do you, what do you, what do you, how do your compadres think about this? I mean, are guys frustrated? Are they depressed? Are they optimistic? Are they showing leadership? I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you see inside the Air Force? You know, I think it's really a mixed bag and it really ultimately uh -huh. comes down to how those particular individuals were treated uh, in the military mm -hmm. by their respective uh -huh. commands. And so, you know, going back to the cultural thing, some commanders uh, really, really, really hard uh, and giving them, you know, a tough time with pressure, with coercion, with mm -hmm. uh, giving them jobs that are absolutely terrible deals uh, that, that hurt their career. Uh, and others like myself, thankfully, did ha had fairly friendly command that really mostly made my life fairly as easy as it could be um, mm -hmm. for what the position that I was in, despite the higher Air Force and DOD policy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, people like myself maybe have a, have a bit of a different perspective. I would actually say generally not because I have my finger on the pulse of all of these service members. And I know everyone uh, is feeling that if they're going to stick around, they're going to finish out their commitments and probably leave after they've, mm -hmm. they've done mm -hmm. the time that they've signed on to do. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's why I say, you know, that this, this is not the NDAA as it's written now and what's happening as it's written now is not going to solve any problems because typically, I mean, generally Congress made it clear that they wanted to solve a recruiting and retention crisis through the NDAA uh, and lifting the mandate. They saw that it was, it was bad for recruiting and bad for retention. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is still bad for recruiting and bad for retention. So we need to be thinking about solutions that actually fix the problem and advocating to Congress about those things like maybe uh, one example would be in 2022, they mandated extremism training after January 6th uh, and across the entire Department of Defense, we had training about extremism. Um, I'm not going to connect any dots on that, but um, if you, we did the same thing with the vaccine mandates of, of passing a law that says, you know, we out a new command in every unit about what happened with this mandate, uh, what were the good, what were the bad, probably mostly bad uh, and how we can fix that. And I think that's a good direction to start heading and towards making, you know, leadership and everyone else uh, understand what happened from our perspective. 
uh, and changing the cultural situation there. And that's just small, small changes. But if, if this all comes from Congress, nothing's going to change because Congress fixed it, not Department of Defense leadership. And so the cultural issue is not solved. Yeah. What else do you want to get out to the people that are listening, Dale? Uh, just that, you know, more to come. There, there's, we're not, you know, nothing's over. Um, that uh, the, the fight's not done. You know, the rescission of the mandate hasn't, a lot of people, as, you know, as John noted, you know, his circumstances is a relatively uh, kind of an outlier, really. And I'm glad to hear knowing John. So that's good news. But there's a lot of folks, John knows, you know, his fellow members of the lawsuit that he's in. I mean, it's a lot of people are in circumstances where, you know, that nothing's been fixed at all. And um, and it doesn't, to John's point about culture, you know, it still doesn't address what happened to the um, to the people who filed, you know, who were, I guess, uh, believed enough in the process to actually have identified themselves as having, you know, re religious misgivings about the um, about the mandate and uh, and getting. I mean, nobody failed to see what happened to those people in response. So how do we've I mean, we've got to fix that? You know, you can't have an accommodation yeah. process on paper where there's DOD orders that fundamentally is a religious targeting system. You know, yeah. that's that's not. We can't have that, you know, so that's got to be fixed still. Um, so no, the fight's not over, but that, um, you know, we're, we're in court and there'll be, there'll be more to come. We're, we're going to file more actions and we'll keep suing until they uh, take away our license to do so. So, well, you couldn't have a more religious issue than rebuilding the DNA of human life. I mean, so obviously there is a, a religious component of that. Uh, John, yeah. what else do you want to get out to the, to the, to the audience? Like Dale said, there's certainly a lot more to come. Uh, if you are a viewer that wants to continue advocating for us, I would say contact your representatives and uh, urge them to continue passing more legislation past just what the NDA did. I know the Americans Act has just recently been introduced by uh, the Senate, uh, which calls for reinstatement with back pay, amongst other things. That's another great mm -hmm. step forward. So certainly if uh, you see the reason to support that legislation, uh, consider supporting that legislation. Uh, not that I'm partnered in any way with Congress or in a partisan way. Um, and just simply speak to your representatives about, you know, the culture of the military uh, and tell your representatives if you feel the way that, that you wouldn't encourage your kid in the current environment to go to the military. I think that's important information for them to know. If they hear that enough, I think they'll start listening about well, what, what more is there to this issue, uh, whether it's cultural or whether it's just that service members haven't gotten enough being whole again. Uh, so this fight's certainly not over. Uh, we certainly have more to come. Uh, and I personally will continue to advocate for service members until we fully rectify this issue. Give us the Gibson Go again for Carolina. Yeah, certainly. So it's uh, gibsongo.com slash Carolina, K-A-R-O-L-I-N-A, -A, Carolina with a K. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Take care. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.